Hello everyone and welcome to Straight Out of Klein 2.0 with me, your host, of course, Dylan Tarl Reeve. And yeah, I, I mightn't sound in the best of form and this episode. I had an idea in mind of what I wanted to, wanted to do for this episode, but uh yeah, I just couldn't do it in the end. Uh, it's just been one of those weeks, and I suppose I'm just coming on here to rant again for a bit. And, you know, I don't like always doing these episodes, but, eh, I just kind of just kind of feel like doing this one uh, with the week I've had. So if you follow me on Instagram, link in the bio, by the way, follow me by me presence. But if you follow me over there, uh, you will have known that, or you will be aware, I should say, that uh, we had a loss in the family this week. And, okay, it wasn't a loss of a human. It was a pet, but it was a pet that we had for 12 years. Uh, the family Shih Tzu, Kuza, unfortunately, had to be put down. Ah, oh, lads. I, 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 like, you know... It might sound a bit dramatic, but I honestly haven't felt grief like this in so long. I haven't felt this sad about a loss in so long. Uh, we got Kuza 12 years ago, so like he's literally been there half my life. I'm 24 now, so half my life Kuza was there. And never mind that, you know, my, my, my sister, my brother, my nephews, you know, Kuza was there their whole lives. We got Kuza in 2010. My sister was born in 2011, my brother in 2013, my nephew Eli was 2012, my other nephew Sonny was 2020, so Kuz has literally been there their whole lives, and now he's gone. Ah, uh, I still, I just still can't believe it. Now look, I kind of knew it was coming, um... He had a big cyst on the side of his, well, yeah, on his side that kept spreading, and it turns out it was cancerous. Uh, he had arthritis for a couple of years, so he was finding it very difficult to walk. He, yeah, I think uh, it, it was funny because like when I was rubbing him a few weeks ago, I could feel like a bit of a bump on his head, and I don't know for definite, but I think that might have been related to the cancer that was spreading. He was starting to have problems with his eyes. Ah, uh, I knew, I kind of knew a few weeks ago that he didn't have very long left. I just, like, nobody said it, but it was like, I just had that gut feeling that, yeah, he's probably not going to be here for much longer. And funnily enough, I was talking to one of my friends um, the day he was put down, like before, or the day before he was put down, I should say. Um, saying that, look, I'm kind of appreciating him while he's here because I can tell he's he's not he's not great at the moment. And literally, like three hours later, I found out he was being put down. I just, I just still can't believe it. I really just can't believe that he's gone. <laughs> and honestly, like I, I, I haven't sobbed like that now for a while. Like it was a pro. Like I bawled my eyes out um i'm recording this uh, on thursday evening so this is the day after kuza was put down uh we found i found out on the tuesday which wasn't a great day jesus on tuesday i blew out my back my dog had to be put down i found out my dog had to be put down 
my mother and my sister both tested positive for COVID. Like, it was just... It was just a terrible fucking day. It was just a terrible day. Oh, man. It's just... I, I, I still don't really have the words. I really don't. I was actually tempted to just not record this week. I was tempted just to kind of... Yeah, just to leave it off. But then I was like, no, look. You know, I know when I'm feeling down that something that gives me a bit of release or something that gets me a little bit of a distraction is listening to podcasts. You know, whether it be, you know, a wrestling podcast, Devo's podcast, an MMA podcast, whatever, like whatever, I Could Murder a Podcast or ICMAP, as they're called now on YouTube. Um, You know, something to kind of just take my mind off things. So like, you know, and, and to be fair, like nobody's ever told me that I've given them that release, but I have had people reach out to me saying they love listening to my podcast and it, you know, it gets them through whatever they're doing that day and it gives them something to listen to, something to, you know, pass the hours by. Like, I'm lucky enough I'm in a job where I can listen to podcasts throughout the day and or listen to music or whatever. And it honestly, lads, it really makes the day go quick. I honestly, I really don't know what I would do without them. If I wasn't able to listen to podcasts or music, I the day would be very long. But it just makes the day fly by. And it, ma- it makes you enjoy the work a bit more. You know, because you're not really... You're focused on the work, but you're not really like... You're not just focused on it. I feel like I need to move a bit closer to the mic. <laughs> um, You know, like, you've got... um, What am I trying to say? You Like, you've got something to keep you engaged. Do you know? And... If you can balance that, being engaged and doing your work, then that's great. Having said that, I'm recording this on a day that I did find very stressful at work. I had a bit of an argument with someone at work, which I am not taking responsibility for because it was someone who doesn't even live in the same country as me. It was over, I don't want to say the name of the app, but there's an app we use, a messaging app we use for work. Not like WhatsApp or anything like that. It's it's like a, a specific one for work. And essentially, I don't want to get into like the ins and outs because it's sensitive information. We were both looking at a certain case and we had a bit of a disagreement on it, which fine. Like that's part of the job I'm in is you kind of make, not to say there's not a right and a wrong, there is, but like everyone has a different kind of view on the case. And this motherfucker just came zooming in. And you know, we have company values and one of them, well, there's two, there's two that are, very present uh, you know one is treat people with respect and the other one is don't be afraid to fail and this fella must have been sick that day when they were going over that because fuck me he didn't oblige by those rules if that's the right why does that sound wrong he doesn't abide oblige abide he doesn't follow those rules to put it into layman's terms and it got a little bit heated Spoke to my manager about it. My manager was fine. He was like, look, it's fine. You know, it's your first week on production, like, technically. Um, even though, really, it's the third week, but, you know, technicalities and all that. Um, he was like, yeah, look, it's fine, whatever. Just maybe look at it with one of the mentors on, on the floor, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. But Jesus Christ, this fella made a big deal out of it. I had to hold back throwing the company values in his face. I just very politely said to him, in future, would you mind just being a bit more relaxed about it instead of coming in at 11. And coming from me, you know, if I'm telling someone to relax or to, you know, to be more relaxed coming into an argument, then you know there's a problem. So yeah, 
I went off on, no, on an awful tangent there. Uh, but yeah, that's that's just kind of where I'm at at the moment with that. And I, I just think, you know, admittedly today and yesterday, at the time of recording, I was a bit distracted at work just thinking about Kuza and... Ah, uh, just, I, I just, I, I'm going to miss him so much. I already miss him so much. It's just, it just doesn't feel real that he's gone. So, like, where I live, there's this, I live in a drive where there's two houses, right? So, there's, there's the house I live in, and there's my cousin's house next door. And Kuza did stay in my cousin's house, but I was looking after him an awful lot for the last, well, really, all the time. But, like, he essentially was my dog. Like, he was the family dog. You know, I was always the one letting him out to go to the toilet, or you know, I brought him for walks, I would feed him. You know, I remember... You know, any time I'd go into the, into the house, I'd hear him, you know, banging off the door, and... Yeah. I just can't believe he's gone, to be honest. Like, it's so weird. Like, you know, pets are... They're such a short part of your life, really, when you think about it. Like, but, like, you're their whole life. And, you know, it's like, it's just so weird when they're gone. And, like, don't get... I'm in a family, like, we've had loads of pets. Loads. Like, we've... There's literally... Like we've, there's been, there's been, you know, hamsters. There's been, fucking cats. There's been fucking snakes. Like literally, we had a pet snake for what seven years. But like, Kuza was just, he was just, I don't know, he was just far. He was always the number one, and he always will be. Like I'm not gonna say who it was, but like there was another family member just saying like, oh, but like we'll we we'll get another dog, and I'm like, that's the fucking last thing I'm thinking about right now is getting another uh, another dog, and it's a shame because we actually, you know, I was talking about it with my siblings that I was planning on getting a puppy. You know, hopefully I was hoping in the next maybe six to six months to a year, and I know that's a long time for him, but like, I was hoping for that, and all I could think about was just you know Kuza seeing the puppy, and you know Kuza had a temper on him like. He really had a temper on him, <laughs> but he he would come around eventually. Like, you know, there was there was a dog next door, Molly, that we used to look after an awful lot, and they got on really well despite having a few problems. My cousin had a bullweiler before. Um, my cousin Adam had a bullweiler called Capone, who sounds like a very vicious and scary dog. He was the biggest fucking slob of a dog. Him and Kuza had a bit of an up-and-down relationship. <laughs> Um, and we, I miss Capone as well, but like, for example, Capone, we only had him for what, or, you know, my cousin only had him for maybe two years, three years, you know, we had Jeff and Ozzy, we had two Labradors back in the day, but again, we only had Jeff and Ozzy for, I think, two or three years, I think it was two years, yeah, that we had Jeff and Ozzy, and, you know, they were, we just, we couldn't look after them at the time, so they had to be given away, um, I think it was kind of the same with Capone, like, Kuza, you know, we had him from when he was a puppy until the day he died. Um, and yeah, like, it was weird, like, honestly, like, even just, you can tell I got kind of emotional there, but, like, it's just, like, I, I've, like, I haven't, be, I haven't felt grief like this, like, and it's gonna sound, like, really dramatic, but since my granddad died, I actually haven't felt grief this bad. Like, I haven't had too many 
deaths in my family. But the ones that have happened have been, you know, they've affected affected me an awful lot. Like, I remember even, like, my great-nan was the first person who, it was the first time I experienced a loss in the family. And it was the day before my 10th birthday as well. Fuck's sake, great-nan. I'm joking, obviously. Um, But, you know, that was the first time I experienced grief. But, like, great-nan lived, I think great-nan was 93 or 92. I know she was 92 and she was, I think, like, two weeks away from 93. Um, well, actually, not a week, because her birthday was just over a week after mine. So, yeah, she was just, yeah, just over a week away from turning 93, which is, a, that's a fucking good age to live to, like, you know. And to be fair to Great Nan, like, look, obviously, she had a few health issues towards the end, but she was, you know, she was actually quite, you know, like, she, she, rec- she still recognised people, she still had an idea of what was going on for the most part. Like, you're not... I'm trying to say this in, like, the most PC way possible. Not PC, but you know what I mean. You know, she she was able to... She never forgot who anyone was. And obviously, like, the last few months she was more ill, but she she was able to kind of, you know... She, she, she had an idea of what was going on. Yeah, that's essentially what I'm trying to say. Then my granddad died when I was 19. And, like, yeah, obviously that was... That affected me an awful lot because... Me and my granddad were inseparably close. We were very, very close. Like, as a lot of people know here, like, you know, my dad died when I was very young. And I, I know, I, I didn't, I didn't know him. I like, no connection to my dad whatsoever. But like, my granddad was, he, he like, he wasn't, like, he was the father figure, but he was, he was almost more than that. Like, calling Grandad a father figure is accurate, but, like, I always think of him more as my, my best friend. I, it, it was never... It was never like he, you know... I don't know what to say. Like, he was never... Like, he never tried to be a dad. You know, he was... He was a granddad, but he was the best granddad in the world. <laughs> and we were, like, above all else, we were friends. So that's why I don't just say the term father figure. I say, like best friend which for me actually means more <laughs> you know what i mean because you know it, it's I, I for me personally that just means more um and yeah like you know that that was a big that was the first major experience i had of grief and i went on a very bad path after granddad died a very bad one and it was uh yeah, it took me a long time to... Like, I remember saying, like, I went numb when Grandad died. I was... I, I felt numb for about a year. And yeah, like, it did affect a lot of friendships, a lot of, you know, relationships. Like, it was really... It, it, like, there was a lot of denial there. There was a lot of... um Bottled up problems that I kept bottled up for far too long. And, you know, if you keep bottling things up, eventually the bottle will just explode and... You know, it just makes things ten times worse. And I had to learn that the hard way. I really did. But that was the the first time I really experienced grief. And it just, it, I carried it on for a very long time. And of course, I'm still sad about Grandad not being here. But I think of it now as like, I want to honor his memory. Like, that was what was so great about being Phoenix Wrestling Referee. Getting to use the name Joseph Tarr. Like, it was like I was getting to represent him the proper way. And pay tribute to him that way. And it's, it's, I know I've said this before, but like, I made my Phoenix Wrestling debut two days after Grandad's third anniversary. 
on the first ever All Munster Phoenix show, the first wrestling show, you know, after COVID, and I got to use his name. Like, it's just crazy, like, it's just fucking, like, things like that. I believe things like that happen for a reason, I really do. Um, And yeah, like, you know, it's funny as well, like, I talked about my great nan, you know, dying on the 27th of February 2008, which is the day before my birthday, the day before my 10th birthday, but my nan went to see a medium, because obviously that was my nan's mother, and great nan came through and was like, Make sure you celebrate that child's birthday. Don't be making it all doom and gloom. And I was like, yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> that, that's definitely great, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've, got, I've started talking about pets and I've come on to grief. <laughs> but, it was, like, I, I, as I say, I had an episode planned and I, I was really looking forward to doing it. It's an episode I've tried doing a few times. I may as well just say it, like, it's it was the door-to-door sales episode. And this, this is the one time I was, like, really up for it. I was like, go on, we're going to talk about some of these stories. But it just felt, it just felt kind of inappropriate um, doing an episode like that, all happy-go-lucky. Because, like, you know, I'm streaming on YouTube again. But I feel like I can be a little bit more doom and gloom on that because I'm playing FIFA and, like, nine times out of ten... I'm just swearing at the game anyway. So, like, that was a bit different. It was almost like a release. <laughs> Whereas, on you know, on this show, like, I want to come in more positive. I want people to have a good time. I want people to have a good listening experience. You know, I don't want to make it sad all the time. Like, Jesus Christ, who will ever forget the Joe Turtle Rising BPD episodes? Fucking, like... If I didn't want to kill myself then, I fucking feel like killing myself now for even fucking doing it. I'm joking, by the way. Jesus Christ, don't go killing yourselves. That's something I definitely don't want you to do. I was going to make a dad joke, but I won't. It doesn't feel right. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you know, like, I don't want to make these all doom and gloom. I want to make these entertaining and, you know... And I want to have a good listener experience. You know, like, there's... Like, God love poopies from Jackass. I love him, but Jesus Christ, his podcasts... They're very hard to listen to. They're so disorganised. And that's... Listen, I can't say much. A lot of mine are very disorganised, but... um, They're just... They're quite hard to listen to. And, like, it's almost like... The point of his show is that he isn't prepared. But, like, it's not like, you know, Tommy Tiernan's talk show when he gets, like, he doesn't have a clue what guest is going to come on. And, like, a lot of the time he doesn't know who the guests are. And if he does, like, he has to think of the questions on the spot because he's not prepared for who's about to come onto the stage. I love that. I think that's a great concept for a talk show. I'm surprised that hadn't been done before. you think, like, America would have done that before Tommy Tiernan did. And to my knowledge... Before Tommy Tiernan did, what? Before Ireland did, I meant to say. But to my knowledge, I don't think anybody else has done it of, like, of note. Um, I'd love to do something like that on here. I'd love, like, if I could just have, like, a random guest. I, like, I don't know how I could actually do it. <laughs> but if there was a way, I'd love to be able to do something like that. But I think one thing I am quite good at, and I'm not, like, bigging myself up here, but I do think I am quite good at just hitting record and just talking. And just rambling. Like, it's just... It's funny I say rambling. I remember um, the Wrestle Talk podcast used to be called Wrestle Ramble, and like the intro and outro was just Luke and Ollie, two of the main hosts, the two original hosts, just rambling about everything like non wrestling related, and it was always the most entertaining part of the show. <laughs> uh, but I remember they said, like people say, oh, you should just do a podcast. You know, someday you should just do a podcast where you just ramble. And they were like, you see, if you tell us to do that, we probably won't be able to do it because we'll be thinking about it too much. Whereas when they have to talk about wrestling, like, it becomes more like, oh, like the topics just kind of flow a bit more because they're not thinking about it as much. 
Uh, but I, I do, and I, sometimes I like, sometimes I like coming on here not knowing what I'm going to talk about. Sometimes it's good to have, well, most of the time it's good to have a topic, but I like coming on here talking about just random stuff as well, and just kind of seeing where we get to. Like, I've, I didn't want to look at how long I was recording there. I normally don't do that, you know, loads during a podcast, but I've just had a look there, and we're 20 minutes in. Like, that's just flown by. Oh my god, it's 10 to 8 right now, like, fucking hell, that just flew by. But, like, yeah, um, I, I do think I'm quite good at that, and that's why, like, I, lads, I do want to have more guests on here, I really, really do. I just farted, sorry if you heard that. <laughs> but I do want to have more guests, it's just, honestly, right now, it's just finding the time. Um, I am back with Phoenix Wrestling this Saturday, so I will love, I would love to have some wrestlers on here, of course. Um, and I want people from all, like, from all different genres. I'd love to get some people who I went to college with on here. I think that would be really great. I was actually planning on doing that a couple of weeks ago, but the day I wanted to reach out, something else came up and I just kind of forgot. But I will, I will get on that because those would be some really fun episodes. We wanted to have, like, a megasode of, like, everyone, not everyone in the course, but, like, a few of my close friends in the course. Um, we were going to come on here and, and do, um and do a podcast, but then they told me James Hayes had to be a part of it, and I didn't want to do it anymore. I'm joking. I love you, James. But, uh, no, the only reason I didn't do it in the end was because I was like, eh, Zoom calls. We all remember the Zoom calls over COVID. They could be a bit of a balls when there was more than two people. <laughs> Even sometimes with just two people, it was a bit of a, a bit of a disaster. But, yeah, like, it's just something that, it was a good idea on paper, but, like, I just don't think it would really work. Um, I remember... There was a red weather warning, a red alert we uh, weather warning uh, before dividing the nation. And we had to do a rehearsal of dividing the nation over Zoom. And bloody hell, it was just the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> and like, listen, you know, we had a good, we were actually able to go into college. Like the only times we had to miss college was over weather. It was nothing to do with COVID. We were able to go in. But the year before us pretty much did the whole year over Zoom for the most part. Which, God, that must have sucked. Um... Ow, sorry. Something stuck in my tooth there. Ugh. It's annoying. I normally record these after I have my dinner. <laughs> and there's always something that gets stuck in my tooth. Oh, I'm going to the dentist next week. I fucking hate the dentist. Now my teeth do need a bit of a clean. I'm not going to lie. But bloody hell, I hate the dentist. <laughs> I do. They just... ah. Oh. I'd rather get neck surgery. Which I probably will have to get one day. Than go to the dentist. And like... I'm probably going to regret saying that. Literally, as I said that, I had to crack my neck. Not even because it was sore. It was just a bit stiff. My neck feels great at the moment. I've had a dodgy neck for years, as pretty much everyone knows. But at the moment, it actually feels fine. Sometimes I have to crack it. But that's not because of pain. That's just a bit of stiffness. But I can get over that. But yeah. I... What was I just saying? Oh, yeah. I completely lost my fucking train of thought there. I... Yeah, I, I, I really sympathized with the people who... Not just, like, actors, but anyone who had to go to college during the COVID era, you know? Because I feel like they didn't get to have the full college experience. Or even, like, people in sixth year, the last year of secondary school here in Ireland. Like, sixth year for me was a great year. Like, it's, it's a little bit tough to look back on now because I don't really talk to anybody that I went to school with. And that's, you know, unfortunately some of them didn't end on the best of terms. Pretty much all of them. But... It was a great year, and I, I kind of feel sorry for people that didn't get to have that experience. Like, even my cousin Alex, who you've heard on the original Straight Outta Klein, and obviously Celtic Codec. More on that soon. But, you know, he, even he didn't have it. But to be fair, he did say to me that he didn't really care. 
Like, he wasn't overly bothered about it, which, well, that's fair. Each, to each their own. Um, and, like, yeah, I suppose you can't miss something that you didn't have. You know? Um, so that that's that's totally fair. But I still feel a little bit sorry for them. It's, it's And actually, having said that, like, people um, at the grads as well, like, you know, people... A lot of people didn't get to have their grads, and the ones who did had their grads, like, last February, which... Just doesn't hit the same, really, does it? Oh, lad, the grads. That's a, that's another night I absolutely adored, but it's just so tough to look back on now. Again, because I just don't really, I I don't talk to anyone. It's not so much that I don't talk to these people. It's just that I I just we're just not friends anymore. Like there's there's a lot of bad blood <laughs> between me and a lot of those people, and uh, there's one or two that. I'm sad about. There's one or two who I'm definitely not sad about. But, you know, that's another thing is, like, it, it, that's been kind of a thorn in my side the last few years, and I've always kind of been open about this, is, like, as much as I've been able to accomplish in the last few years, and, like, as much as I'm, you know, proud of the progress I've made and how proud I am of, you know, being on wrestling shows, getting to do acting gigs, you know, the, the success of the podcasts I've had, which, moderate success, but... No, like I, you know, I never would have expected it to get this far. Like TikTok, you know, people kind of give me shit for, but genuinely, TikTok is something that the fact that I have a following to the point where people have recognized me on the street and said, "You're you're that guy from TikTok," like that's alien. That's completely alien to think about. It's just like that's something that you just don't think will ever happen. Like it's very overwhelming. It's flattering, and I appreciate everyone who uh, follows me over there. Ash Dylan T.Y. Reeve, go follow me, buy me presents. But anyway. Uh, but yeah, like, it's it's just all fucking crazy. Like, I, I'm really happy with that. But admittedly, there's been a few, like... I, you know, I, I hear athletes say it all the time and entertainers say it all the time that, like, they reach the climax of their success. But that there might have been something missing because like there might there might have been a certain family member that wasn't there to see it or they might have like had a falling out with someone who didn't get to fully have that experience or to share that experience with them to share that moment with them and I for a long time I was like ah come on but like you, you got to do the thing you always wanted to do and now I kind of get it I get why there is a little bit of sadness there maybe not straight away like I remember after making my Phoenix debut like granddad mightn't have been there in person but he was there in spirit so, like, even though I was so gutted I didn't get to come home and tell him about, like, you know, how great it was and I got to use his name. The fact that I got to use his name is, like, he was with me the whole time. I, I never felt like he wasn't there. It was, like, he was in that ring with me. He was, like, carrying me through that show. Like, that was amazing. But I remember there's a specific friend that I fell out with who I'd only fallen out with him, like, a year before. And I was in a very bad place when we fell out. And I do remember thinking at the time, like, God, if only they could see me now. If only they could see, like, how well I'm doing and the progress I've made and, like, the things I've been able to achieve, like... Ah, it, it, not, like, straight away. Like, it was kind of more... It wasn't even, like, the day after. It was, like, almost, like, the week after. I was like, oh, like, if you could just see the way things are now... And I know some people might say, well, if you weren't talking, then that shows it was for the best. And listen, you might have a point there. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong, but it does still kind of, it it, it, it stings. It's like, I like, I just wish you were here to see how good things were. And 
eventually a bit of a, a you know a comp not a compromise a bit of a we had a bit of a truce but it lasted it didn't last that long let's just say i think i've kind of touched on that loads and and like i know i kind of briefly touch on that all the time and it's like it's you know i don't want to mention anybody's name i know i kind of call i i, I use this term very loosely called them out a few weeks ago on that music episode that was all tongue-in-cheek like you have to Listen, you have to have a bit of fun. Come on, like, you know what I mean? You can't take everything so seriously. It was all a bit of fun. Like, five people probably would have understood that reference um, about me telling a certain local artist to go fuck, them, fuck themselves. It genuinely was meant in good fun. Mightn't have been taken that way, but that's how it was meant. Um, but, like, you know, that's, like, that certain friendship where I can't mention anybody's name, Porig. I'm joking, it's not Porig. Um... It, you know, it's something that, like, I'm, I deal with it better to, like, for the most part, but there are still days where I'm like, fuck's sake, like, I just really wish, I just really fucking wish it could, it could work. I really wish, when I say it could work, I mean, like, making up, like, personally, and like, and this is the thing that gets to me the most about that situation. I personally feel like if there was a genuine heart-to-heart conversation where we just, both of us, just let everything out with all the honesty in the world and about, like, how things ended up, I genuinely think there would be a chance that we'd be able to make up. If if Eric Bischoff can work for Vince McMahon in 2002 after the Monday Night Wars, me and this old friend can make up. I firmly believe that. That's a wrestling reference that only wrestling fans will understand. But I I think some people have kind of worked out that, like, you know, what I'm trying to say there. I, I, I do genuinely feel like that. I feel like if there was just a, a conversation where, like, nothing was going to be taken... And listen, like, I'm willing to be wrong about... Like, and that's the thing, I, I'm willing to be wrong about it. I... It's one of those things where it's like, I would love to give it a try and just see where we'd be at at the end. Like, it's just like, fucking, can you not, can you not just give me that? <laughs> I'm not saying this person owes me anything, but it's like, fucking, at least prove yourself right. <laughs> you know, instead of, yeah, I'm not going to say what I was just going to say. Anyways, I'm kind of, sometimes I forget when I'm talking about these things that this is going out on a public platform that other people, like literally anybody in the world with Spotify or any p- podcast, you know, app can listen to. I forget that sometimes, but anyway, um, probably why people have gotten mad at me for one or two things I've said. But listen, that's the risky take, isn't it? But yeah, like that, that, like, again, to go a bit dramatic, like one of my favorite songs ever is Everlong by the Foo Fighters. It's just, it's just a beautiful song. That's one of those tracks that, no matter what your favorite genre of music is, everyone can appreciate the beauty of that song, or at least you're ninety nine percent of people. And since Taylor Hawkins died, and you know the, the, the people have listened to the song for, for for those reasons, you know, just out of like sentimentality of of you know of him tragically passing away. I feel like more people have started listening to that song and kind of going, Jesus, like this. It's just one of the most relatable songs in the world. And one of the lyrics in that song that I relate to so much when it comes to the old friendship I'm talking about is the, 
if everything could ever feel this real forever, if everything could ever be this good again. Like that, that line gets to me sometimes. It does, because it's, it's just so, it's so true. Like it's so true, like, there are times when you feel like, will anything ever be this good again? Like even Makuza, even like right now, to be honest, I'm thinking like, if I, because you know, I'm sure I, one day I will get another dog. It won't be for a while, but I'm sure one day I will. But right now I'm like, will I ever feel a connection to a dog again like I had with Kusa? I just, I, right right now, I feel like I won't, but I have to remember and I have to remind myself that's just because I'm grieving right now. Because it's, it's still very raw, it's still very fresh. Like literally, at the time of recording, he's only been gone one day. And by the time this comes out, he'll only be gone two days. Like it's it's still so fresh and it's still so raw and it's still so fucking like it's just yeah it's fucking it's just really I I've, I just that lyric is just so fucking like I've never related to a lyric so much and yeah like I I you know and sometimes quoting song lyrics I think is a little bit cringy because I remember someone I went to college with told me before that was, I can't remember what song they were on about I'm definitely going to like not say the lyric per like you know word for word per what's the word what's the phrase I'm looking for Verbatim? Is that the word I'm looking for? Or the, the phrase? But, you know, I'm not going to say the lyrics exactly how they're sang, but it was something to do with, like, oh, if we crashed in a bus and died together holding hands, which makes no sense, so that's definitely not the lyric, but it was something along those lines. It was, oh, I just thought that was the most beautiful thing ever. And I was kind of there like, dude, it's a bit of a shit song lyric, I'm not going to lie. And I was like, Ugh, it's, it's a bit cringe, but, like, you know, here I am being a hypocrite now going... The Everlong lyrics are just... That lyric in, in particular, it's just a fucking... It's just so true. And sometimes, sometimes, admittedly, I do feel like that. Sometimes I do sit there and think, like, will ev anything ever feel that good again? Like, w will it ever? And, like, there was a long time where in certain friendships or relationships, I felt like I was trying to replace that person. Not with, not with like, existing friendships, but with new friendships that were made, I always felt like I was trying to replace this person, which is a terrible mentality to have. And it's something I didn't really break until I met my college friends because it was like, well, I'm in a completely new circle now and I'm not going to go too, I'm not going to go on about the last circle I was in too much, but like, I, I remember telling one of my friends, I may as well say his name, James, uh, from college like I remember saying to him about the last group I was in because it was just me and him and I was we were just like talking about shit and opening up to each other about like things that happened in the past and I remember I said to him like with the last group I was in like I didn't want to leave but I f just felt like I couldn't stay and yes I did rob that line from CM Punk but but I, I get it like I get like being in a place where like I I'm really not happy here. I know I need to leave. I know like it's best for everybody that I leave, but also I just don't really want to because for me, I can't speak for CM Punk, but for me, it was like I'm afraid of being on my own. And that was always a big thing that like held me back was and kept me in that toxic setting for so long was I, I'm just afraid that, like, if I don't have these people, I'll have nobody. And it's only now I can say with the comfort of having new friends, looking back, 
is like, fucking, I probably would have been better off on my own. And not that I would have been on my own. Like, I have Porig, I have Alex, you know, I have the lads from Phoenix. But, like, that group I was in previously, there was this kind of cult-like mentality where they made you believe, not saying they tried to enforce this, but it was kind of this thing of, like, oh, if you leave here, like, it's never... They probably listened to the Everlong lyric, like, it's never going to be as good as this, but... I've come to find out there are things out there that are very good and and like that's great like it is great and all but like it's it it, it was a, it just it was a big fucking it, I I remember like making the decision that I'm done like I'm leaving was after you know meeting my college friends and the first night out I had with them which bloody hell that was an interesting night <laughs> I remember the next day just being like yeah I, I I'm not going back I I'm not going back to that old group I I can't I just I don't want to I've seen there is life after that group and I made a decision to not go back to it and it was the right decision. Of course, there were times along the way and there's still times now where I look back on that old group and there's a little bit of bitterness. Like there was Again, there was another person in that group who I was very close with, very, very close with and to the point where I would have considered them one of my best friends. I opened up to them a lot about loads of things. And they weren't exactly the person who I thought they were. Or at least who they presented themselves as to me. They were trying to please everybody. And you, you can please some of the people all the time. And all of the people some of the time. But you can't please all the people all the time. And that's something that you know you just have to realise in life. And a big thing that got me through that time and you know led me to making those decisions was my time using the BetterHelp app and no this is not a sponsorship because I'm not getting paid to say this but like genuinely lads like you've probably heard BetterHelp be advertised on so many podcasts but they're getting free promotion here because like I genuinely got through so much because of my time in the BetterHelp app and it, it was great. And I will leave a link down in the description of this episode for the BetterHelp app for anyone out there who is struggling. And I think that's a good way to wrap up this episode. <laughs> this has turned into a complete therapy session. I think that's just going to be the name of this episode is therapy session. Because that's genuinely what it's been. Like we've, we've spoke about a lot today. Here I am checking how long I've been recording again. Nearly 39 minutes. Wow, that time just flew fucking by. <laughs> so essentially I've checked in every 20 minutes. Wow, that's crazy. Lads, uh, thank you, if you so much if you've gotten through this entire episode. Fair play to you. I know it probably would have been tough at times. And even like me getting emotional there, like uh, there was one stage where I was like, I, honestly, like none of this has been edited, by the way. This is all as it was recorded. I was actually thinking there for a second, like, I, I need to stop recording, I can't do this. But then I was like, no. Like, you know, a big problem with, like, social media is that people only put up happy stuff, unless you're me on George R. Rising, then you put up really sad stuff. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, you know, people put up these false images of themselves online that they live this perfect life and nothing's ever wrong. Sometimes it's good to leave out a bit of real, like, sad emotion. It's, but like, that's the thing, it's real. 
like this this is real like this isn't a gimmick this isn't a work like the way i was feeling there at the start like this this is real like i am absolutely devastated that kuz is gone i'm absolutely gutted he's gone but i'm so glad that i had him for 12 years like it was such a great 12 years and as much as it's hard to kind of you know imagine what life is going to be like without him now because unfortunately that is the reality i can always live with the great memories that i had with him and Kuza, I love you, buddy. I miss you. And I'll see you on the other side. With that said, I will leave the BetterHelp link in the description of this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And yeah, of course, we're ending with a wrestling promo because I'm a wrestling fan. I always will be. I always have been. I always will be, is what I should say. And if you're in the Limerick area tomorrow, four o'clock, why not go down to the Phoenix Wrestling Academy and see yours truly refereeing some of the best up-and-coming talent in the province. Talk to you all later. We are back live in the United Center of Chicago, Illinois, where CM Punk has arrived in all elite wrestling. kid feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. I'm winging this. You know, we're winging this. We, that's a very important distinction. We'll get back to it, but I didn't plan on what I was going to say because I didn't know what to say. Because I didn't know how I was going to feel, but I knew that I needed to feel it. I feel you, Chicago. And I hear you, Chicago. There's good news and bad news. The bad news is we're not gonna get to it all right here, right now. But the good news is, is I got the time. Wednesday, Friday, four Sundays or Saturdays a year. I got the time and I ain't going anywhere. Wait, one second. Possibly for me, the most important thing I'm gonna say right now, and this is for everybody at home, this is for everybody who bought a ticket, this is for everybody in the back. If 
at all through my journey, any of my personal choices or decisions related to my life made you feel disappointed or let down, let me just say, let me just say, I understand if you all try to understand that I was never going to get healthy physically, mentally, spiritually, or emotionally, staying in the same place that got me sick in the first place. Can I tell you guys a story? It's hot in here. Hang on one second. Can I tell you a story? You see, I felt before like I had to leave. I didn't want to, but I knew I couldn't stay, and that was when I used to work for a place called Ring of Honor. August 13th, 2005 was my last match in Ring of Honor, and I famously came out with tears in my eyes. And walking out here today, I now know why I was crying, and it was a lot of reasons, but what it boiled down to was I had made a place where people could come work, get paid, learn their craft, and love professional wrestling. And I cried because I knew I was leaving a place that I love and it was a home, and I knew where I was going. It wasn't going to be easy for a guy like me, because I'm one of you. So I look at it like this. August 13th, 2005, I left professional wrestling. August 20th, 2021. I'm back. And I'm back for you. I'm not gonna lie, I'm back for me too, but I'm back because there's a hell of a lot of young talent that I wish I was surrounded by 10 years ago. So in saying that, I sit back and I say, well, hell, they're there now, so why aren't you? Here I am.
because I want to work with that young talent that had the same passion that I had stamped out. I'm back because there's a couple of scores to settle in that locker room. I'm back for the young guys. Darby Allen! I've seen you, you're good. I've seen you jump out of airplanes. I've seen you wrapped up in a body bag and chucked over the top rope. I've seen you kick down a flight of stairs and you always come back. Just like each and every person here in Chicago, you're tough. But I'm here to help. And you're the first on the list. I'm going to help you because you're a daredevil and you like danger. Well, Darby Allen, there is nothing you could do that is more dangerous than wrestling CM Punk. Except wrestling CM Punk in Chicago. I will see you. And I'll see Sting, and I'll see all of you September 5th at All Out, live on pay-per-view. I'm back. Damn. Well, that's huge. CM Punk back on pay-per-view. He's all AEW September 5th. And the chills are running up down my spine.